What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Truezilla. Just me and Ed on this one. Uh, Megan, we'll catch you soon. I hope you're feeling better. Uh, this is a banger of an episode, folks. Like, jeez oh Louise, I feel God, like it could have gone dude, on Dude, I love it when we get a good doctor yeah. like this. Holy uh, cow. Uh, this is this is a top notch. This top is notch. Top notch. Top notch. Top notch. Like, I, yeah, literally could have gone on for hours and hours and hours. Yep. But uh, if you guys want to come support the show, head over to truezilla.org forward slash donate. There's all kinds of value for value donation options over there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I reveal something at the end of the episode that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So more important than ever to support the Truezilla podcast. Your little friends down here, value for value. I'll, I'll, you'll, you'll, you'll hear it at the end of the episode. But uh, anyway, uh, if you want to get a nice Truezilla t-shirt, great way to support the show also, truezilla.org forward slash shirts. I just put a brand new one up there that says, what part of freedom don't you understand? What part of freedom don't you understand? And we, we also have another uh, kind of uh, idea sp- yeah. spinning around that uh, might be, we have, might have a really a nice new cool yeah, t-shirt. Maybe a soon. nice new one. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, there is a new shirt up at the shirt shop. What part of freedom don't you understand? Because I really, I want to start a whole podcast on like exploring freedom. What, what is freedom? What does freedom mean? You know, like bring people on and explain like, it's really that, I mean, maybe you don't need to do a whole podcast. Just one episode. It's real fucking easy. It's real fucking easy. Okay, folks, what part of freedom don't you understand? If you have questions about freedom, let me know. I'd be happy to answer them for you. <laughs> you know? So anyway, that's that. Truezilla.org forward slash shirts. Um, also, another great way to support the show and support your health, uh, truthtrs.com. Head over to truthtrs.com. Um, learn about uh, heavy metal detox. Um, if you follow the Instagram page at truthtrs, um, they've got, they're putting all sorts of like, well, they got great memes, first of all. Good but, memes, but for also, sure. also, you know, informational stuff, testimonials. It's just basically just a super, just an amazing product. Flushes all the heavy metals out of your out of your body. And, and what better time to to get on top of your health yeah. than with uh, what's going on in the world? Yep. I'll, I'll yep. say that much. Yep. But you know, and and you know, it, this this will help flush out the bad, right? Yep. And, and all the and I mean, one of the things when I got sick is I I thought, man, I've been looking at the sky and there is so many chemtrails right yeah. and that's all heavy metals right yeah. so so this is a great way to get rid of that i i, I mean i wondered if yeah, how it's related you know i still i have questions right? yep so, totally totally if you have questions about truth trs uh hit them up on instagram send them a message they'll be happy to answer the questions for you um yeah truth trs.com is great product awesome folks and uh yeah uh yeah truth trs.com there you go what about Cody. Of course, yeah, Cody. 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 Shout out to Cody. I was just on his Instagram earlier and he has these freaking awesome like blue gem daggers. You got to go get the did daggers. You, did dude. you see the the gem skulls? The skulls, yes. The skulls, the skulls are, amazing. are phenomenal. But dude, yeah. those those daggers, dude, like ah. Ah, I might have to bite the bullet and get something like that up in here. But anyway, guys, head over to uh, Instagram at Cody's underscore crystals c-o-d-y-s underscore crystals he's got all the cool stuff ever if you need a gift anything like that um yeah he's got the coolest gems crystals in the business guaranteed and he's a friend of the show super legit on the level uh you know if you want to return any value to the show you can shoot it over to cody because he has helped this show out and helped us grow and do things we wouldn't be able to do so so big shout out and much appreciation to cody at least go give him a follow tell him truth is all sent you so also, uh, if you could like, share, and subscribe yeah. our show, uh, it really helps us out. We've gotten some some newer, uh, you know, reviews on uh, iTunes, which or what is it, the podcast, I, yeah. iPhone podcast app. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all helpful, and we yeah. really appreciate it. We get a lot. We get a, we've gotten a lot of five star reviews. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, that so. does help. That does help. It does help. Dry, dry. And we we did get put back on Spotify apparently, yeah. so I caused enough ruckus to get us back on Spotify. <laughs> so thank you guys, and I hope you enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Bam.
Welcome to another episode of Truthzilla. My name is Scott. I'm here with my good friend, Ed. I'm sorry, you guys, Megan couldn't make it. She'll be back very soon. Um, super excited about this one, everybody. Our guest tonight, this week, is Dr. Larry Pilevsky, a New York State licensed pediatrician who utilizes a holistic approach to children's health and wellness. He has a medical degree from the New York University School of Medicine and has extensive experience working in pediatric emergency and intensive care, inpatient and outpatient pediatric medicine, neonatal intensive care medicine, newborn and delivery room medicine, and conventional, holistic, and integrative pediatric private practice. He's also the host of the show Critically Thinking with his co-host, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, which features a monthly truth roundtable called The Five Doctors with Dr. Tenpenny and a panel of other fearless truth warriors. Dr. Pilevsky, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. Thank you so much for coming on. We're um, excited to have you. Yeah, this um, is a, this was, this was a kind of a spawned out of our previous conversation with uh, Kevin Jenkins. Yeah, and so. uh, uh, we were having a discussion afterwards, and he's like, you guys got to get Dr. Pilevsky. And I'm like, you can get us plugged in with Dr. P. Okay, let's do this. So like, sure. super grateful that you're here with us tonight. So great. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I guess, uh, you know, I guess to kind of start off just, just before we really get dig into it um, and, you know, the current situation and everything happening, you know, you know, you're a pediatrician that, that kind of went against the grain, right? There's not many pediatricians in, in that field that are actually uh, acknowledging vaccine injury and actually helping the parents that have had vaccine injured child. I'm, I am one of those parents and that's kind of how I entered this movement, you know? So, um, maybe a little history to just kind of, uh, tell us how you ended up, you know, uh, challenging the system and, and being a doctor that stands in truth. It's so interesting Ed, that you use the word going against the grain. Yeah. Cause I don't see what I do as going against the grain. I'm going towards the truth. Yeah. And those people who want to come with me are welcome to come with me. Um, the things that I know to be true, no one can take away from me as true because they are my experience and they are my research and they are my uh, evidence in my life. The problem of what you're speaking is that when a mother or a father or another family member says, my kid was fine and my kid got the shot, and then my kid stopped talking. My kid started having a seizure. My kid banged his head against the wall. My kid was throwing his crap all over the walls. My kid uh, no longer looked at me. My no longer, kid no longer spoke his, uh, I love you. And the doctors would almost 100% of the time say, it has nothing to do with the shot. That's like saying I punched the wall and I broke my hand and the doctor saying, no, that's not how you broke your hand. Mm -hmm. And so what's knowledge? Is knowledge based on something that an authority says is true or is knowledge based on something that you witnessed and then hundreds of thousands, if not millions of families witnessed? and saw right in front of their eyes only to see some authority who wasn't there say, no, you didn't break your hand by punching the wall. And so I'm not going against the grain. I'm going towards the truth. And the truth is that when you see something and hear something that is not consistent with what you thought was true, we are taught in the medical community to see that as a potential observation 
and to ask a question if we see the evidence enough times and say, is the intervention of the vaccination causing these brain injuries in kids? And so no study has ever looked at whether vaccine ingredients enter the brain, affect the brain, destroy the brain, impair the brain, and do all the things that one in five children in our country are experiencing with neurodevelopmental disabilities, one in 36 with autism, depending on the state, one in 10 with ADD and ADHD, and one in 20 under the age of five with seizures. And so if anybody's awake and anybody's paying attention, they would know that 10 years ago, these weren't the problem as much as they are today. 20 years ago, these weren't the problems that they are today. 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. And so when the experience starts to give you your knowledge, and yet you allow an authority to tell you your experience is wrong, you have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. And so I'm not going against truth. I'm going towards truth. And your experience is real. And when I was a pediatrician in training, one of the things that the mentors taught us, always listen to the mother. She knows her child the best. And so when you hear about the injury once or twice, you go, wow, I, I never heard that before. That's strange. Then you hear it a dozen times. Huh, I wonder if something's there. Then you hear it hundreds of times and then thousands of times, millions of times. And if you just turn away and say, oh, but the authorities say it's not related, then you're just completely dismissing the people from their own experience. That's why we're here today in 2021 with the overall cultural, psychological, spiritual, economic, medical, and societal warfare that we're experiencing. Because your experience is irrelevant. The authority knows best. They dump information into your head and you're supposed to swallow it without a gag reflex. And so to me, with all the research I've done and all the listening I've done and all the observing I've done, Unvaccinated children just don't have the kind of neurological problems, the kind of immune deficiencies, the kind of allergic problems that vaccinated children and partially vaccinated children experience. And I'm not the only one who knows that. Mm -hmm. Parents know that because they watch it happen in their own homes because they do the experiments themselves. And the authorities say, your experience sucks. It's not real. You're an idiot. Get out of my office. There's no evidence. And what is evidence? Evidence is experience. Evidence is trial and error. Evidence is experimentation. And you parents, and those parents experimented and they lost. And then they experimented the other way and they realized that they really lost because then they won. And the system says, no, your experience is invalid because I, 
who have never known you and never watched it happen know better. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, we've we've recently had uh, Dr. Paul Thomas on as well, who, you know, I mean, he's he's done the study, right? He has shown that that he's proven the fact of, of what what you just said, which is that we, he has a practice with fully vaccinated, partially vaccinated and completely unvaccinated. And the data is there. Right. And, and to be fair, they they pulled that peer reviewed study at this point because I mean, and they, they pulled his license. You know, I mean, everyone who's speaking truth is, is experiencing uh, tremendous censorship right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but the, the data is there. The data speaks for itself. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I know I've known Dr. Thomas for a number of years and uh, I have watched the data for 23 years Yeah, since I started looking at this subject of vaccines and how it might affect the body. And, you know, it's almost like it's almost like, um, you know, somebody slapped you in the head. You turned around and said, why did you slap me in the head? And the person says, I never touched you. I didn't, I didn't do anything. And you're supposed to believe that. And the good thing is that more and more parents are waking up. Every parent knows someone in their family or neighbor or friend who has a vaccine injured child. The bad news is that more and more children are being destroyed Mm. by a program that has never been tested for safety, that has no liability for its product manufacturing, that has no oversight for safety modifications and standards, that has regulatory agencies that don't behave as regulatory agencies, but behave as income uh, producing agencies. And, we're in a bind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of that, if you don't mind, I was going to hop into that. I mean, I think it's such so timely that we, that that topic comes up. You know, the regulatory agency, the conflict of interest. Um, you know, just this last week, we saw the approval of the Pfizer vaccine, and I was just, you know, we've heard a cl- um, obviously in our circles, we hear a bunch of conflicting information. You know, oh, it's not actually an approval, this and that. Maybe I don't know. Like, have you had a chance to look at this? And what is your take on the Pfizer approval by the FDA? Um, everything that we have been seeing in the last year and a half in a concentrated way, and then over the last 50 years in a world way that's just getting more and more uh, narrowed and confined, is that uh, the things they're telling you are meant to make you not look at the information yourself. Yes. Yes. The, The things they're telling you are meant to get you to swallow without a gag reflex. Mm -hmm. And so if the report says that the Pfizer injection was licensed and approved, that's what most people are going to think. Or even better yet, like the headline on my Facebook feed tells me it's approved. So that's as far as that goes. Oh, it's approved. It's done. Yeah. Right. Um, And that's what they're going to think. Not because... They did any of the work to know the information themselves, but because they have no gag reflex when crap gets thrown down their throats. <laughs> as far as I saw, because I've been busy in, in the office this week and haven't had a chance to look through the fine print, but from the people I trust who have looked at it, 
This was not licensed. The approval was given for the licensure application, as I understand it. But I still have to look further into it. But again, the idea is not to tell the truth. The idea is to tell the people what to say. Yes. Right. And if you look, if you look at the whole COVID narrative, which is built on top of the vaccine narrative, it's basically just believe what we're telling you because we know best. Yeah. And that's tyranny mm-hmm. at its best. 100%. Yep. And, you know, what, what I have watched happen over the last 20 to 30 years is a complete obliteration of a critical thought in the medical profession, in the scientific profession, and in the majority of the public. Because the, the hashtag, they would never do anything to harm us. Huh. <laughs> right? You know, because so, so what, what we're really watching, if we want to get deeply psychological and spiritual about this, yes, what we're do. watching is the majority of the population who experiences some form of abuse or trauma at the expense of an authority that's somewhere in their life cannot believe that they would subject themselves willingly to being abused and traumatized again by their authority. And so they have to turn away because to acknowledge that they are being abused and traumatized would destroy them because they couldn't possibly acknowledge their role in it. They couldn't acknowledge trusting again and being screwed again. And uh, it's just impossible for their system to accept responsibility and accountability for what they took part in. Mm -hmm. And so when you keep the brain in a physiology of fear, you can just about tell the brain anything and it'll go to that place of fear and cut off any critical thought whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so it's a masterful plan. They've done a great job in the propaganda of scaring people and getting people into submission. Um, and the sad part is that even people who have been injured or hurt and abused by the authority many times still can't recognize that it happened again. And so they keep trusting the next abuse and the Mm -hmm. next authoritarian, you know, stick up the ass. Mm -hmm. And so what we're watching is, is, you know, people are, are, are really hurting themselves and allowing themselves to be hurt, allowing their loved ones to be hurt, um, and uh, all for the sake of the almighty false god and false idol yes. that we are worshiping because they would never do anything to hurt us. Oh, of course. I, mean, I, I just, you know, I mean, I, it's almost like they're under a spell. Like, it feels like, it feels not like almost. That yeah. It's not almost. Yeah. No, well, it is. It is a spell. Yeah. Remember when 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 you when you cre- you cannot operate fear hysteria panic anxiety at the same time 
as critical thought, critically thinking, reasoning, and analyzing, openness, understanding, willingness to learn, unknown. You can't. They don't operate yeah. together. Sure. So if you're able to put people into a place of mass fear and hysteria and panic, you've basically cut off the very parts of the brain that make us mammals, that make us homo sapiens. You might as well be a reptile because that's the only part of the brain that you're using. And if you watch what happens, let's say, let's say someone, someone said to me, uh, Dr. Larry, this, is a, this COVID shot is saving lives. And I turned around and said, really? Um, tell me how you know that. Well, it just is. You know, it's, it's really going to get us back to life and it's going to give us the kind of social life and travel and ability to see our parents and work again and get to school. I said, oh, okay. So, so tell me, how does it, how is it saving lives? <laughs> well, it, the doctors are, are assuring us that people are surviving and getting better now because we're giving the shot and um, it, it's, it's just going to improve our life. Uh, oh, oh, really? So I'm still wondering, how, how is this shot saving lives? And what you find is nothing. Yeah. It's a house of cards. Yeah. Because they, they cannot give you anything other than what they know, what they were told. Mm -hmm. But if I were to say, well, I, I actually have been speaking to a lot of people who say that their family members have died from the shot and that many of their families members have, have been sick ever since they got the shot. No, that's not true. If that mm -hmm. were true, they would tell us that mm -hmm. were true. Mm -hmm. Really? So are you saying that these people's experiences are, are not right? They're not happening? No, they're not happening. It's not related to the shot. If it were related to the shot, they would tell us. Mm -hmm. And you see, this just keeps going and going and going nowhere. Because there's no usage of critical thought. There's no usage of the higher brain centers. It's just a swallowing without a gag reflex. Yeah. And even your experience can't be heard, which again is in line with many of the things I already spoke about. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I know, and I know this is a, a different time now, but you know, I, when when my son experienced vaccine injury, you know, um, uh, his mother was the one who, I mean, like you said, you know, talk to the mothers, trust the mothers, right? I mean, she was the one who recognized it right off the bat and knew that this thing was related, right? And I was the parent, I was still, in a way, I was under the spell, you know, I was like, it couldn't be the vaccine, right? And it was safe and effective. It was, it was, you know, it had been drilled into me for so long. It was really, she kept dragging me along to Vax and, uh, and like feeding me information. And, and eventually, you know, uh, the, 
I had enough information that I was able to process it and, and see like, this is exactly what happened to my son, you know, but I was, I was very reluctant, right? I was very reluctant that I just been, I feel like I've been primed for so many years. Right. And I, I mean, exactly with COVID right now, I mean, it is, I mean, I will say I went over to my folks, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago and they had the TV on. And if you listen to the TV, I mean, it, it'll make you sick. I mean, it is like, you're just eating garbage, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's a constant flow of fear that you, and I mean, I just, I had to turn it off. I couldn't handle it. Right. So another um, good anecdotal case about how thick the programming is, is our good friend, Adam has a podcast called Deborah gets red pilled. Shout out to Adam. And the whole premise of the show is that he has his mother-in-law who lives in San Francisco, you know, watches CNN all the time, just completely indoctrinated. Uh, however, her name's Deborah, and you know, big love and respect to Deborah. I love Deborah. She's been on our show. We've been on their show and everything, but it's like, what he does is he literally brings experts, scientists, doctors, journalists, onto the show to try and red pill her. And the whole show is Deborah gets red pilled. And she's a good sport. She goes along with it. But he's been doing this for a year and a half now and she's still not there. Like you could bring literally leading experts from all over the world and sit someone down and present all this evidence and they still have trouble breaking free of it. It's just fascinating. <laughs> oh, I would love to be on that podcast. There you go. There you go. We'll yeah. give a shout out to Adam for sure. Certainly. Yeah, it's, it's an epic show. Yeah. So anyway, but. Well, I, I think I kind of want to uh, maybe direct this a little bit more now too. Um, so I recently had the the thing, right? Like, I don't even know if I like to call it COVID because I feel if you call it COVID, it means all these different things. Like people associate all these things together. And it was recently. So it was this yeah. recent strain of this just was, whatever the hell yeah, going around. Whatever's yeah, whatever's going yeah. around, it, it hit me. And uh, in some ways, I mean, I learned a lot. And in some ways I have way more questions than I did before, right? So, um, you know, I would say uh, for three days, I was really sick, sick as I'd been since I was a kid. Um, I was not expecting it from, you know, what I had heard about this thing. And maybe it's, maybe I'm in these circles more than those circles. So I, I didn't, you know, I thought this was going to be catching a bad cold. It was, it was pretty bad for about three days. Um, I got on a high regimen in vitamins. I, I tried to, to contact America's frontline doctors and get some ivermectin or something like that, which they, I think because they were recently on the high wire, they were so backlogged that they didn't get back to me for a week. So, um, really a lot of vitamins. I took a homeopathic remedy from a homeopath that, that we use. And I would say by about day three, I started to turn. And uh, a few days later, I, I would say it was mostly gone, but there are some lingering things going on, you know, like um, my energy levels are, are not what they were before. And this is, you know, it was probably three and a half weeks ago that I got this. Um, and, you know, I still get a, a little bit of headaches. So I'm, I'm just, I'm curious from someone in your position if, I mean, I know like um, the, the spike protein in this thing, uh, I mean, it, it seems like it's based, the bioweapon theory seems to make a lot more sense to me after experiencing it, you know, like that the, there was some gain of function done on this thing, you know. Um, um, so I'm, I'm curious to just kind of get your take and what what do you think COVID is? Um, what, what are we experiencing? Like, I know that's such a big I, yeah, question. Yeah. That's such a big question, but, uh, you know, I, I don't. The narrative we're given, I, I don't trust it, right? So, and, I, and really, I, I question all of germ theory altogether. So, so let me try. Okay. And I said that facetiously because I've answered this question <laughs> thousands of times. Sure, sure, sure. Yes. In our culture, whenever a group of people get sick, we never consider anything else other than a germ. Yeah. Yeah. Never. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with food. It has nothing to do with the environment. 
It has nothing to do with the air. It has nothing to do with the stuff we spray. It has nothing to do with toxins. It has nothing to do with metals. It has nothing to do with poisons, nothing to do with herbicides or pesticides. It has nothing to do with emissions. It has nothing to do with anything other than a germ. This model is near its death. Yes. Yes. Mm. Because newsflash, the body contains hundreds of trillions of germs. We are never not circulating germs in our body. We are never not exposed to germs in our body. We are never not catching germs in our body. And we're fine. The idea that the only way to get sick is the passing of a germ from one to the next is dying. You kiss somebody, you shake a hand, you uh, have sexual intercourse, you breathe on someone, you are always passing germs from one person to the next. And almost 100% of the time, there is no illness. So the passing of germs does not guarantee illness. And there are countless stories of people who are sick, who come in contact with others by shaking their hands, breathing on them, coughing on them, touching them, having sexual intercourse. And those people, even though they're exposed, still don't get sick. Mm -hmm. And so we try to push that stuff under the table because it doesn't fit our model that the only thing that gets you sick is a germ. And if someone's sick and gives you the germ, you'll get sick. So all of that is dying. The fact of the matter is, is that the body contains close to 400 trillion, as we understand it, of viruses. So we're always viraling. We're never not viraling. We're never not manufacturing viruses. We have 100 trillion bacteria that line our body, nose to lungs, mouth to anus, skin, women's reproductive systems. And inside those bacteria are hundreds of trillions of viruses inside them inside the genes of our body we have several hundred thousand known copies of genes that will make viruses inside our genes the mitochondria that are fuel centers of our cells they are bacteria that became incorporated into the human gene into the human body to create oxidation, the use of oxygen for life on land. They probably have pieces of viral 
genetic material because they're bacteria. The idea that the only time you catch a virus is when someone is sick who gives it to you is dying. So if we're viraling all the time, and if we're exposed all the time, and the majority of the time we do not get sick, what is this thing? Okay? Mm -hmm. And if we look at viruses and how they work, First of all, why we have so many in our body and why we're not sick, even though we have so many in our body, we'll find that these viruses do not hurt us. Yeah. They are actually playing a part in keeping the human body healthy. And one of the major responsibilities of these viruses inside our cells and inside the bacteria is to help clean us out of wastes, toxins, and impurities. Yes. So when you have a viral illness, you almost always have an expunging of material out through the surfaces of the body, coming down the nose, yep. coughing up junk, yep. rashes, diarrhea, yep. vomiting, Things are coming out, all the pores. And that's classically the way a viral illness appears. This illness does not appear that way. This illness appears very differently. It's not a flu illness. It's nowhere near a flu illness. And so when you have a flu illness, Classically, you're pushing all this mucus and debris out of your airway. But in this illness, the airway was not affected. And instead of people having a productive cough, they were having a dry cough. And so when people go into respiratory distress from a very severe flu illness, it's usually because their airway doesn't pass oxygen in or carbon dioxide out or because the lungs have been compromised and oxygen won't get in and carbon dioxide won't get out. That's classically a respiratory distress syndrome. This illness People were able to exchange oxygen through the airway and they were able to get rid of carbon dioxide adequately. But the problem was, was the oxygen that was coming into the body was not binding to the red blood cells. So oxygen and red blood cells were not binding. Mm. So people were sitting up, they were talking, they were ventilating adequately there was no airway problem. There was no blockage of gas going into the body or exhaling air out of the body. The oxygen was not binding well to the red blood cells. And that led to hypoxia. Mm. And the hypoxia led to many other problems. 
And so whatever was causing the oxygen not to bind to the red blood cell was also getting into the body and causing blood clots, loss of taste, loss of smell, blood pressure dysregulation, strokes, um, kidney problems, liver problems, lung problems. And so after running an intensive care unit and working in a neonatal ICU, when you see someone has loss of oxygen, there's either two possibilities. One, their airway is inflamed and the lungs are penetrated with something that doesn't allow for air exchange. Or two, there's something wrong with the binding of oxygen to the blood. And one is a lung problem and one is a blood problem. Mm. And so the name of this is severe acute respiratory distress syndrome. And that's not what people had. It's a blood problem. Yeah, it's a blood problem. It was, it was a blood poisoning and yeah. a blood clotting problem. Okay. And that is not severe acute respiratory syndrome. And that is not how a virus works in the body. And so the medical profession failed to do an appropriate differential diagnosis. They failed to truly understand why the blood and the oxygen were not binding together. And why, when you have a respiratory virus, are you getting brain damage, lung damage secondary to something other than just hypoxia, liver damage, kidney damage, blood clotting, strokes, blood pressure dysregulations. And so the medical profession just didn't look at that. And so the fact of the matter is that the viruses don't behave this way because a virus cannot infect your cells. Talk about going in the direction towards truth. If you actually tried to find any evidence of how a virus infects a cell, you cannot find it. Mm -hmm. You cannot find it. We just had Dr. There Tom Cowan no, on, so we've got- There is no evidence of anyone ever having watched a virus in action. None. <laughs> it's all hypothesis, wow. right? And the reason that's true is because you cannot see a virus under a regular microscope. Mm. You can only see what you think is a virus on an electron microscope, which is a two-dimensional picture. And so when you look at a cell with this little round thing at the cell membrane, all the experts say, there's the virus. Now, this thing is a millionth of an inch long. And you're looking at a two-dimensional picture. How do you know what that is? Mm -hmm. And then the experts say, well, 
This is the virus entering the cell. Now, hold on a second. This is a two-dimensional picture. How do you know that virus isn't exiting mm -hmm. the cell? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So the narrative has been so distorted mm -hmm. that we actually believe this crap. But no one has ever seen a virus do its damage. So if you have a, a red blood cell that's not binding to oxygen, chances are you have a blood poisoning, not a virus. Because sure. you got viruses all over the place and nothing like that ever happens. And you haven't proved that the mechanism of injury is from the action of a virus. And so what's most fascinating even more is that when you do a nasal swab looking for virus, you can never discern whether the genetic material you're pulling onto that nasal swab is endogenous to the body, meaning something that your body manufactured or exogenous to the body, something that your body inhaled. And so seeing a piece of genetic material on a swab that you put in the nose and saying it's causing your illness, is such crap <laughs> because the presence of a virus man you got 400 trillion mm -hmm. yeah you should be dead mm -hmm. right and so if we truly look at how the body works we'll actually start to learn that viruses are part of what keeps us well and helps keep the structure of the cells gives us homeostasis, helps us remove impurities and toxins from ourselves. And that the presence of a virus doesn't equate to illness. And so with all of that said, um, when you have a leader of a very important governmental agency participating in gain of function research on a corona. <laughs> Right? It's not like he took hantavirus or influenza virus or, in, you know, uh, para influenza virus. Yeah. He took coronavirus. <laughs> and, and again, all this means is that he took something that is benign and decided that they were going to make it not benign. That's what gain-of-function research mm -hmm. means. Yep. We don't want it to be benign anymore. We actually want it to be lethal. And what's most fascinating, again, a lot of things are fascinating, is that the spike protein does not exist as anything in nature. It's actually a man-made structure. Now, whether it's associated with coronavirus or not, is irrelevant because the spike protein is what's making people get sick. 
from COVID with all the symptoms that I just mentioned and more. And so if this is true, if the spike protein, because I'm not convinced it's the only thing that's making people sick, sure. but if the spike protein is what's making people sick, it doesn't need the virus to make people sick. The Salk Institute showed that, which means that it's not a virus that's making people sick. It's a structure that is synthetically put together that is a poison because it's not an organism. It's actually a poison, man-made. And so if to follow that line of reasoning, if it is a spike protein that's making people sick, then why would you give an injection <laughs> that allows people to manufacture oh more spike protein? and then watch them get sick with COVID symptoms and literally say, no, they're getting sick from another variant of mm -hmm. the virus. Mm -hmm. When in fact, there's nothing about a virus in the injection because the virus isn't what's making you sick. It's the spike protein that is a man-made weapon that you are being injected with the genetic material of to make you sick. Yes, totally. So, so the spike protein, even if it is part of a virus, let's say for, for shits and giggles, it, it is part of the virus. If you're gonna make an injection that gets the body to manufacture it, you better make sure you have a mechanism instilled in the vaccine that's going to allow the body to turn it off so that you don't keep making it. And that mechanism has never been done or proven. But on top of that, you better make sure that when you manufacture an antibody against said spike protein, that your antibody is only going to attack the virus. And that's never been demonstrated either. Mm. And sadly, what has been demonstrated is that the genetic material of the spike protein is similar to several dozen copies of our own genetic material of our own tissues. So when you manufacture the antibody, disaster, mm -hmm. you're just going to attack yourself God. on top of the fact that the spike protein is going to continue to manufacture. Mm -hmm. And so people are okay with this, I guess, you know, because they want to go to a concert yeah. or they want to be able to go out to a restaurant. Um, but what they don't know is that they've injected themselves with material that is potentially lethal mm -hmm. and chronically disabling. Absolutely. And that's based on what we know is in these shots. Yeah. But there's a lot of material in there we don't know certainly, because certainly. no one is actually overseeing the standards by which they make this stuff. And no one is evaluating any of the information for, for safety or uh, you know, short or long-term effects on the body. But don't worry, 
they would never do anything to harm us. Yeah, absolutely not. I, so, I wanted to go ahead, Ed. Uh, I just, I just want to follow up. Uh, wonderful explanation. Thank yeah, you very thank much. Thank you. I, I do want to, like, you know, I do have some worries have, having experienced and just knowing this spike protein, which seems to be causing most all of the harm with this thing. You know, um, I mean, I, I've heard it crosses the blood-brain barrier. You know, and it's, it's, it's gotten into to people's reproductive organs. Um, and there's, there's all these things happening. You know, and um, I know for me. For me, one of the things I was worried about probably before I got this in, uh, is shedding of this spike protein. And I, I seriously wonder, you know, like I, I am in an office with people that have been vaccinated. I'm going to my folks' house. They've been vaccinated. I'm around a lot of people who have taken uh, this injection. I'll, I'll try to re- refrain from calling it a vaccine because I know it's not really a vaccine. But a lot of people I know, a lot of people I'm around, I, I wondered right off the bat is, Am, am I experiencing this because of being around so much spiked protein? You know, did, did I? So, so let me, let me take it a little further sure. out. Um, there is no doubt that people have been reporting ill symptoms, having been exposed to others who've gotten the shots. There's no doubt. There are people who are getting so sick from just being exposed to those who've gotten the shots that they have died. They've had heart attacks, they've had strokes, they've had miscarriages, they've had COVID, they've had multiple sick symptoms. So you're narrowing it down to spike protein as what's being transmitted. And I'm sorry, but I won't get distracted by the name spike protein because we don't know what's in this thing. Mm, Sure. And we don't know what's being transmitted. We know that there are evidences of literature studies that demonstrate the use of self-spreading vaccines yep, yep. to try to diminish populations mm-hmm. for population control. And it's actually been used in insect communities and animal communities yep, yep. to spread material that would stop reproduction in those communities. And so we we assume they would never do anything to do that. <laughs> us, no. Not us. No, no. no. <laughs> you know, almost a 400%, if not more, miscarriage rate mm-hmm. in those women who've been exposed to others who've gotten the shot. No, nothing happening there. And... Um, you know, people already demonstrating massive increase in percentages of recurrences of cancer, having gotten the shot, and new cancers in people who've gotten the shot, who've been exposed to others who've gotten the shot. Nope, nothing happening there. Well, well that if that were true, they would report it, right? Mm-hmm. And so we are really flying by the seat of our pants here because... This idea of self-spreading injection, and I don't want to use the word shedding because we have no idea what is being emitted from the bodies of people. I will tell you that personally, I've been sick four times from shaking the hands of people who had the shot, who I didn't Mm. know had the shot. Um, And it's a bitch to try to heal. Mm -hmm. Um, And the symptoms are not fun. 
and I'm pretty strong. And so, you know, you can imagine what's happening to people who are not that strong. Um, you know, young girls losing their periods, excess bleeding, um, getting sick, uh, older women, menopause, all of a sudden bleeding again, women who have regular cycles, all of a sudden having cramping, clotting, and massive bleeding, some even losing their periods. And nope, nothing happening here. Yep, not no, nothing happening here. It's all in your head. Um, so what you're, what you're describing is probably an illness having touched someone who got the shot. And then we cannot exclude the role of some kind of magnetized or electromagnetized material that is either external to the environment or being passed from person to person through these injections. Um, there's lots of evidence in the literature about the use of magnetized nanoparticles to create vaccines. And um, people have you know, been sticking magnets all over yep. their body. Absolutely. Finding that they stuck to them. It would have been great if they had done the same experiment two years ago, mm -hmm. you know, when they weren't getting the ejection to see yeah. if they also had magnets sticking to them. But the bottom line is that we are trusting an authority to give us something that has nothing to do with health nothing to do with protecting us from a virus infection and everything to do with an attempt to destroy the human race. And I have been saying that for almost a year now. I have been watching it happen. Um, and we don't have enough people who are using their frontal lobes. You know, it's almost like we've had uh, frontal lobotomies in, in, in most of our culture. Um, but there's, there's nothing in this shot that has health on it. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Larry, I know we're almost out of time here. Uh, I, I was trying, I want to get one more question in. And one of the things I wanted to talk about, uh, was the, the, you, I've heard you talk about the depopulation, the uses of it, the same self-amplifying MRNA for the depopulation of animal insect populations. But the other thing I heard you talk about is, uh, in the literature, they talk about MRNA technology being used for the overall agenda being transhumanism, the next iteration of the human being and how that plays in us. So just really briefly, and I want to give you time to plug uh, anywhere you want to send our listeners, but just real briefly touch on how you see mRNA playing in the next uh, phase of this agenda, which is transhumanism. So re remember that um, this information is not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. Those of us who listen to it and can acknowledge it are, are capable of, of really seeing the good evil that exists in the yep. world. And I'm not saying good and evil, it's good evil. Just like it's yin yang, it's good evil. And um, we, we, are, we are ignoring history and putting a, mirror, uh, a, window, um, a towel over the rear view mirror if we think that something like this couldn't be happening today, because it's happened so many times in history, that somehow to think that's, it's, it's very, it's typical of the abused child. 
You know, this time mom and dad are going to love me. They're not going to beat the living crap out of me anymore. And I know it. And so that's, that's the kind of um, thing that we need to break through, which is that, yeah, you're getting beaten up pretty mm -hmm. bad. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important to recognize that the mRNA technology has never been used in the science of vaccines to reduce the incidence of any infectious disease ever. So there is no precedence to understand the use of this technology and whether or not it would in any way reduce an infectious disease in the population. The sad part is that people automatically assume that because the authorities ran down our throats, the idea that this is a vaccine, it is. And so we have no evidence that this technology reduces the incidence of any infectious disease anywhere in history, or that it would do the same even if this were a viral infection. So then the question is, well, then what is it? Because in order to abide by the criteria for what makes an injection a vaccine, you have to be able to demonstrate that when you get the injection, you're going to produce antibody immunity to the virus. And there are two things to consider there. One, just because you produce an antibody does not mean that you are automatically immune to whatever you're producing an antibody against. Because not all antibodies are immunity fighting antibodies. So you not only have to produce an antibody against the virus, but you have to prove that the antibody will make you immune against that virus. That has not been done. Yeah. And that is an important criteria, yeah. one of the important criteria. Therefore, the injection has to show you that you will be protected from the disease caused by that virus. Both of those statements, we were told when the shot first came out, we do not know if this will give you antibody immunity to the virus, and we do not know if it'll protect you against the virus. And certainly evidence shows that it is not. The third thing is that the injection has to show demonstrable reduction in severity of disease, hospitalizations, and deaths. It has not shown that either, especially since the, the manufacturers said to us, we did not study these endpoints when we <laughs> did the trial. Mm -hmm. Okay, number four. You have to show that the an organism against which you're vaccinating, like the virus, can no longer be carried in your body. And then number five, that you will no longer be able to transmit the virus after you get the shot from one person to the next. That was not demonstrated either. And they even told you, we don't know if you will not, if you will no longer be transmitting the virus from one person to the next. So in fact, 
Not one of the five criteria was met when they did the study. And here we are eight or nine months later since using the shot, and we still have not proved one of the, not one of the five criteria. So then the question is, then what is this? And now I can answer your question, right? right? So what is this? Well, the fact of the matter is that manufacturers cannot patent anything that exists naturally in nature. Mm -hmm. So in order for us to get this shot, even if the spike protein were real in nature, they would have to do something to it to make it synthetic so that they could patent it. And in fact, there's plenty of evidence in the literature where it says NIH scientists stabilize the spike protein to make it uh, acceptable for patent for vaccination. Mm -hmm. And I have those articles and I've published, I've, I've, I've put them out. Mm -hmm. So even if the spike protein were real, the, the shot contains a synthetic genetic material of a spike protein. Now that makes you a possible possession of the manufacturers because if that genetic material that they synthesized becomes part of your genetic material, which despite everything that the authorities say can't happen, even though they've never shown a study to prove that it doesn't happen, but yet, because they say it, it gets rammed down our throats without a gag reflex. And we just say, well, see, there it is. There it is. If they can show that that mRNA genetic material becomes part of your genetic material, especially through the process of reverse transcriptase, you are now the possession of the manufacturer. God. Because... You are patentable and they own you. And I said this eight months ago at, at a conference I did in Brooklyn. And it continues to just go past people's minds that this is possible. And so we don't know how many messenger RNAs are actually in these shots because no one's minding the store and the patents for the injections indicate the possibility that many mRNAs could be in this shot. And of course, well, why would they do that? This is a vaccine that's supposed to protect us against the virus, even though it doesn't. And so this is what we're up against. If people live long enough, having gotten the shot, for that messenger RNA to be lodged into their bodies at all. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank it's you so much Monsanto for sticking around. trick. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, thank you so much for sticking around a little extra to help uh, help us understand that. Dr. Larry, please tell the listeners where they can find more, because I'm sure at this point they're like, oh my God, really? And they're, they're going to want to listen to more. So where can they find you? 
So uh, I have a website, Dr. Pilevsky, D-R-P-A-L-E-V-S-K-Y.com. You can also find me at NorthportWellnessCenter.com. I have an Instagram account that's still up, uh, Pilevsky. I have a Telegram channel, Dr. Pilevsky. I have a MeWe channel, uh, um, an Odyssey channel. I think I have a Rumble channel. Um, I don't like to use the the FB platform anymore because yeah. it's to me it's it's uh, a waste of a waste of time and a waste of energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have um, a website, as I said, the newsletter that goes out. It puts out all of my podcasts with critically thinking with Dr. T and Dr. P every Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern daylight time. And in a couple of months, that'll be 7 p.m. Eastern standard time when we change the clocks. And uh, you can listen to them on uh, my newsletters. They're put up. They're also put up on Rumble. And uh, we do five docs uh, on our critically thinking uh, template. Uh, the uh, third, I think it's the Third, fourth Thursday of every month. Awesome. And, uh, you know, there's a new uh, documentary coming out called Vaccine Secrets that I was in um, that uh, you can find on my, I think it's on my Telegram uh, uh, page where you can sign up for it to watch it. Awesome. Thank you. And more, more to keep coming. Awesome. Wow. All right. Thank you so yeah, much really appreciate for it. coming on, uh, Dr. Pavlovsky. I probably ask you questions for another couple hours so uh (laughs) hopefully we can do this again someday but uh, thank you so much for standing in truth and for uh for listening to parents listening to parents and uh, for standing up against tyranny yep absolutely oh i'm not standing up against anything (laughs) i'm standing up in favor of truth that's it perfect perfect because what happens is you can't fight tyranny but you can bring truth which then really, once you expose tyranny for what it is, it dies. Mm-hmm. It's literally like the Wicked Wits of the West. You, you, you're not going to fight her, but you, you're going to show the truth. You're going to show her for who she really is. This is the classic case of the Wizard of Oz. Mm. All you have to do is pull back the curtain by telling the truth. Yeah. Dang. That's all you have to do. Beautiful. Pulling Sweet. back the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. We always say build your own better as, a, as opposed better. to their build back better, yeah. build your own better. Because I think, I think like you alluded to, like the old way is dying, right? Yeah. And the, the people are waking yeah. up and we're going to create the new world and it's going to be better than it was before. Right. right? And, and just to close with our book, Minster Fuller, um, you don't change things by fighting the existing reality to change things. Build something new to make the old system obsolete. Oh, beautiful. It's great. All right, Dr. Larry. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Well. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Dang, dude. I feel like, oh, my God. <laughs> so just so you guys know, I know you're all listening right wow, now. Wow, he, he's, he's well, amazing. I know you're all yeah. sitting there right now just like I am like, oh, my God, you guys are just scratching the surface. Oh I know. We could have we oh kept, kept going, going forever. Like we had to honor his, you know, he's on the East Coast. We, we had a hard stop at, at the time we did. That's, so that's why like, I tried to throw like, him at the end. I'm I like, know. like I, I hope we can do this again. I, I, right? so. like, I, mean, I, I feel I like I could have so. gone for hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah. He's just like, and I, I love it not only when we get a doctor who like, can explain things, but they they understand the full agenda, the big picture. Totally, you know, totally. Like Dr. Ely's, Dr. Well, Thomas, at the at this at this point, if you're a doctor that gets it, you see it, you see the big agenda. Like yeah. I, I just feel I like that's it. 
I mean, I feel like that's all the doctors in some sense. I, yeah. I do think he touched on some things maybe other doctors haven't. Like, yeah. you know, I, I think I think the transhumanist agenda is something that's um, I want to keep kind of, I it's kind of it's kind of blatant that. at this point. And I yeah. think we we know there's some things on there. He I I felt like he and maybe I just haven't listened to enough of him. Like he put himself on the line a little bit for that yeah. one. Like, cause I, yeah. I feel like, and I know like I've heard uh, Dr. Christian Northrop, she said like the same things. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, you know, a lot, of, there's not, he's not alone in saying these things, yeah. but like, I mean, it is really, it, it's a whole new level of how dark this is. Yeah, exactly. It's a whole new level. It's, and then, like I said, it's a Monsanto trick. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Our, our seeds blew onto your crops. So they're ours now. Yep, exactly. Right? So they're ours now. Oh, I'm sorry. Those uh, spike proteins actually shed into the you and you didn't take the vaccine. You're ours now. Yeah. You know? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. So all the people that didn't take the vax, like we're going to be the ones that well, they claim I think, property I think it's all the over. people, the vaccine and the and anyone yeah. that's come in contact with it. This spike, it could be just the virus itself has this, has this spike protein that's not natural. So it's just everyone. You know, it's so a, let's get herd immunity. So basically- Big Pharma owns everybody. Yeah. Right. I read, I read a, there's a book that I read back in the day. It's by Michael Crichton. You know, the guy who did yeah, Jurassic yeah, Park totally. and all that. It's called Next. It's like one of his not very well-known books, but it's so great. And it's a, this exact story. And it's a hilarious book too, because it's got like a, it's all about genetic engineering and like yeah. Big Pharma taking control of your body and, and claiming property rights over your genetic material and stuff. And, and like the whole, it's like an adventure, you know, a typical Michael Crichton adventure story where like this family's being chased by the pharmaceutical companies because they say that they own their bodies because they have this rare gene. So but it's, it's so, a fiction becoming reality. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's so great too. Like they have this, this parrot that talks, like speaks, is like super smart. It's like a genetically engineered parrot that has like human-like intelligence that talks normally and stuff. And uh, a little human monkey hybrid boy, a little monkey boy that like that's escaped from the lab and they're trying to raise him as a human. You know what I mean? Like undercover with like a baseball cap. It's a great story. I remember it just being so amazingly entertaining. So it's, it just reminds me of that, dude. Like we're all going to be running from I mean, Big Pharma with our monkey boys. That might have been a great <laughs> story a couple of years ago. But now it's like, oh my God. Yeah. It's like, it like oh no, like, it's happening. It was like the 80s or 90s or something. But yeah, yeah. it literally is happening. You know, next thing you know, we're going to have dinosaurs running in the streets and pregnant. But no, oh, he's got another good one called uh, State of Fear, all about like geo, like geoengineering and like using weather as weapons and stuff. Like he was way out of it, dude. He, yeah, way out of his time. Maybe they took sure. him out. They had to take him out. They're like, this motherfucker, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's the other one too? Andromeda strain about the virus that wipes out everybody? Like he just, he knew it all. He had yeah. the whole picture. He was, he was the, the Kerry Mullis of his time. Had to be taken You, you got to wonder with these guys that think up this stuff though. It's just like. Like great idea, but like, were you just laying the groundwork for the CIA Maybe for these Maybe. people to like, yeah, really like, like mm-hmm. I mean, come on, like, look at how we're in 1984 yeah. or brave new world. I mean, these things, I mean, here, mm-hmm. here they were you know, maybe predictions or mm-hmm. just like fictions, but like, I mean, seriously, I feel like they created blueprints, right? Mm. Mm, maybe well, we need, maybe we need to start writing fiction books. Yeah, about, some, paint, paint <laughs> yeah. Some, some, about how some, thing how how the old system falls like yeah. implodes upon itself. And dude, the new one rises, and dude. that's that's what's that's the real story. That's the story mm. I want to hear. Now. We're writing that story right now. We folks. are. We are. And you writing are that story. all along for the ride. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. Oh, I wish you could have been here, Megan. Yeah, I just want to call that out. Like, Dang. um, I know you would have loved this episode and had a lot to say too. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're with you in spirit. Yeah. Is that it? I think that's pretty good. Uh, thank you guys for sticking through. You know, um, I I love for me, I love the the doctors, man. Yeah. I mean, I love all of our guests, all, guests but I, all of our guests have been amazing. But like when we get a good doctor, especially how relevant to what I just experienced, mm-hmm. like I can actually ask someone 
that understands this yeah. and like can give me like some honest answers, yep. right? So yep. it, was, yep. it was really a great experience. Dude, we got some next level guests coming up too, baby. I mean, I feel like you know, we're just you know, we're we're just on the path. We're on the path. We're on the path. Should I, should I tell him I lost I lost job number two today. Oh, fighting, fighting tyranny or no, not fighting tyranny. Standing in truth. Standing, standing in, truth. in truth. That's standing job number truth, two down. Right. Like I wanted to make that uh, you know that meme of like the 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 angel of death or whatever, like going from room door to door. There's like a blood trail behind him. Like door number one, door number two. <laughs> He's knocking on door number three. I feel like that right now. I just yeah. lost my second job fighting tyranny, folks. I was trying to help people get medical exemptions at work. Standing in out, truth. Standing in truth. Like like sending out, helping them, like sending out work emails. And they they got rid of me over some bullshit. Saying I downloaded malware. That was it. Downloaded malware. Where I'm very vocal. Sending out agency-wide emails. And if you need help making res, uh, medical religious exemptions, let me know. I'll show you how that path works. <laughs> you know, to the whole agency. In fact, they changed the protocol, the email protocol, so that employees can't send agency-wide emails. But I figured a way around that anyway. It was still sending them out. So I knew this was some retaliation bullshit. But anyway, that was it. That's all I was doing, man. They got me for downloading malware. I didn't download shit. <laughs> well, well, we all stand with you, Scott. <laughs> yeah. And you know, all good. I, mean, it's all I think good. I think we many of us know. I mean, it's our great. jobs at this point are there's a good chance that there are, all of our jobs are going to change. Yep. But but what was going to happen again yep. is we create the new world. We yep, are the yep, new yep. world leaders, and we will we will build better than was before yep. right yep. and i mean how long is it until these grocery stores aren't going to let exactly. us in and we're going to have to build our own organic grocery stores that are going to be better yep. right yep. and maybe we're when we learn more that this this shedding is is real that we have to make it so that it's only unvaccinated yep. not because we want to exclude and do the same thing they're doing to us but once we know like what's really going on it might not we might have to yep yep so so you guys more important now than ever go support the truth of the podcast you know what i mean like help me fight tyranny full-time anyway that's the plan anyway <laughs> help you stand in truth full-time stand in truth full-time <laughs> i need to change my language change my yeah, language we're always it's truth. all about language i mean kevin yep. jenkins taught us that right it's all yep. about language yep. yep so uh Bam. anyways we love you guys we love you megan uh thank you for sticking with us and we're gonna uh i guess wish you all intellectual, intellectual prosperity, prosperity. Beep, 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 beep. Ding.